Join us on Happy Looming, where we come together to talk about looms, yarn, and the joy of creating. Hello, welcome to Happy Looming. This is Christy and Janae. And we are excited to come together today to talk about the magical and wonderful pearl stitch. The pearl stitch is absolutely wonderful and magical, just like you said. And if you add it to your e-wrap stitch or just a basic stitch that you start out learning, you can create so many more things and textures and really just take off without learning anything else, but just adding the pearl stitch. Now I've talked to many beginner loomers that are just starting out and um, I'm a member in a lot of beginning Facebook groups and often, you know, they get master the e-wrap and they're really good at doing folded brim um, hats and they are enjoying using the larger gauge looms and they want to start doing some of these different patterns they're seeing. They're seeing chevrons, they're seeing basket weave, they're seeing all this texture that people create. And they'll call Cindy Wood and ask us, you know, for advice or what we can do. And I always tell them, you have to learn the purl stitch. Once you learn the purl stitch, and it seems diff more difficult than it is, but once you learn it, so many things open up and you can create so many different patterns. Um, exactly. I'm going to try and describe how you do a pearl stitch and Janae can maybe help me too. But the difference between when we e-wrap, when we e-wrap or when you unit, the yarn is on above um, the, the, the working yarn. Stitch. Yeah, the current stitch. So the working yarn is above it. When we're going to do a pearl, you have to bring the working yarn below the current stitch on that peg. And so the best way, and this is like, it's so much easier when you watch a video and can see it, but the best way is you take your pick and you put it down the groove and you're actually kind of putting it underneath that first loop that is on the peg already. And then you put the tip of your pick over the top of the working yarn, which is underneath. And then you do this twisting motion with your wrist and you push the tip of the pick into the groove and pull that loop up, creating a new loop. That new loop is your magical thing. That new loop that then you pull the whole thing, the old loop off of the peg and then put the new loop back on and then pull your working yarn, not a lot, but a little bit to tighten it You just up. want to snug it up a bit. Mm -hmm. And then you've created this cool purl stitch. And right. what the purl stitch does is creates the flat areas between when you're doing a purl and a knit. Um, and that ends up creating different pattern work. Did I explain that okay, Janae? You did a great job. And <laughs> if you find, you know, a, a quick Google search or a YouTube search, you'll find uh, pearl, how to purl knit on a loom videos all over. And you'll see exactly what we're talking about. And the one thing that I did, it, like you were talking about the folded brim mm -hmm. hats, like that was... The, the next step after the rolled hem hat, hat that I learned how to do on a loom. And then I did the folded brim. And then that took me into, I really want to learn how to do ribbing. I wanted to learn the rib knit 
around the brim of so you hat. could do a ribbed brim like a yeah, one so by that, one or a two by yes, two yes mm-hmm. yes that inspired me to learn how to do the pearl stitch and the thing about the pearl stitch that I found super helpful for myself was that even though it's spelled p-u-r-l if you think of it like a pearl that you go diving for it helps you to remember that you dive down through the stitch with your pick to pick up the pearl and then that new loop is your pearl and you put it back on the pack. I love and so, that. <laughs> that's yes. adorable okay so that's I'm go how I remembered how to do them yes that you is go diving for a pearl and so um I actually had a kind of a loom knitting day with my mom and my sisters and my daughter um a few years ago obviously not this year <laughs> but a few years ago and I was teaching them how to loom knit and we had so much fun. My sister, my one sister already knew how to do the e-wrap and she had been making e-wrap hats and um, she would uh, do the folded brim, but then she would sew it together with needle and thread because Mm -hmm. she was, she didn't know how to do the folded brim. So she'd been doing that for a while. So she was super excited to learn the pearl, the pearl stitch. So I taught them the pearl stitch and then she was working away, working away. And she was doing pearl after pearl pearl after pearl row row after row after row and I was like what are you doing are you just practicing it and she she's like no I want to make just a pearl texture item and so one thing that and she was making a dishcloth and so she was um super sad when she finished this pearl knit dishcloth because I I explained to her that the pearl is the exact opposite of the knit. So basically mm-hmm. the pearl is the backside of the knit stitch. It is. So what she had done is made like a, re- like. She a just knit. did it. A knit, a basically a backwards <laughs> knit. And you turn it over, it's yeah. all knit stitches. <laughs> yeah. And she was like, oh, I, d- I can't believe I did that. Why don't you tell me? <laughs> that so, is so funny. So basically if you turn your hat or your, your knit item inside out, or you look at the backside of it, you'll see that it's all pearl stitches. So if you create, it's just knitting in reverse, basically is what a pearl is. It's just creating that knit stitch so that the knit stitch shows on the back and the pearl side shows on the front. And like Chrissy said, it can make kind of a a divot because what happens is the knit stitch will make the yarn pull in the direction that the knit stitches is showing. So that's why you get your knitting that curls up. And that's why people say, if you do a few purl stitches here and there, it will help your knitting to stay flat yes. because they pull against each other. So they, they cause it to flatten out, if that makes sense. So I've had a lot of people call me about, I want to make a blanket, but they only know e-wrap. And if you try and make a flat item all in e-wrap, the sides will, comp- will, will just curl in on itself. And right. so explaining, that's why most people will do a garter stitch edge. And garter stitch mm-hmm. is just a combination stitch of an entire row of knit with an entire row of pearl is what creates the garter stitch. And um, many, many people will use a garter stitch border around their washcloths or around their um, scarves or or, um, Mm -hmm. shawls, as well as blankets, so that it will lay flat. Exactly. Yeah. Because the stitches will pull against each other Instead of all pulling in the same direction, which causes it to curl, they'll pull in opposite directions if they're side by side, which makes it kind of even out and go flat. So that's why it's another great reason to push yourself into learning that next 
it's that next stitch. So uh, adding a purl stitch to what you already know, or if you already know the purl stitch, you're already a, a huge fan of it, of mm-hmm. the ways you can use it, I'm sure. And, and the different that, things mm-hmm. that it yeah. does. So like one thing I remember the like learning to read patterns and charts, right? When I first started loom knitting, um, I would see it would be P1, you know, K1, P1 or, or K2, P2. And I was like, what does that even mean? But once you know that you're knitting and purling, when you have a knit and a purl next to each other, um, if you do a knit one, purl one or a knit two, purl two, you create ribbing, like she was saying, and ribbing makes your um, item contract a little bit more. That's why ribbing is often used on the top of a sock or on the Mm -hmm. brim of a hat because it contracts a lot more than just an e-wrap. So you can actually make a hat that will fit more head sizes, Mm -hmm. you know, ribbed brim versus using um, just an e-wrap brim, which tends to stretch out and stay stretched out where the ribbed kind of recontracts more. Have you noticed that? Right. It makes it, it makes things more elastic Mm -hmm. when you put those side by side and yeah because of the same the tension between them so it'll help them help those stitches to like stretch out to accommodate a bigger size and then they'll snap back because they're they're still pulling against each other which is amazing that you that it creates this really cool fabrication so you can have you know really elastic areas you can have areas that lay totally flat you can make really cool textures and it's a very easy stitch to learn. And after you've practiced it a few times and you remember to dive down to grab that pearl and put the pearl on your peg, then you'll you'll get the, the flow of it. Um, one thing that you want to remember for a lot of people that are right-handed, if you knit right to left, making the pearl stitches easier in that direction. If you're left-handed, if you if you knit from your left, you know, going left to right, usually the pearl stitch is easier to do that way. So that's kind of one thing to keep in mind if you are learning the pearl and it's kind of tricky, your hands are getting in the way or whatever. Sometimes just changing the direction that you do the pearls in will help. And a lot of times if you're working on a flat item, you're going to have to pearl in both, both directions. directions. <laughs> so if you... If you just pick, you know, like a couple of squares or think about maybe making a scarf length item and say, I'm really going to practice this stitch and use a combination of pearls and your regular e-wrap or a unit, whatever stitch that you know, um, if you incorporate that into just a practice item and give yourself a, that time to just kind of learn the stitch and practice it in a repetitive way, a lot of times you can just pick it up quickly. And by the end of that project, you're going to be a purling expert. So one of my favorite books um, to use that when I was starting out learning new patterns is Kathy Norris's Loom Knit Dishcloth. And it's sold on Amazon. It's from Leisure Arts and I'll um, provide a link. But I love this booklet because it's very simple to follow the charts that are in it. And they're all just knit pearl stitches. Like there's nothing else in this book, but pretty much knits and pearls. And it has over, um, there's like one, two, three, I had to count. There's 13 (laughs) different designs using just knit and pearl stitches, um, which I love. There's different kinds of basket weaves. There's different kinds of chevrons and ribs. And 
they're just beautiful making diamonds. And um, this was my introduction to going, okay, I'm going to branch out and do something other than just, you know, just an e-wrap hat or just a ribbed something. And um, they're small. That's the nice thing about dish claws is they yes. aren't, they aren't huge and, and they help you practice that pattern. And then when you find mm-hmm. the one, you're like, oh, this one's really pretty. I really like this one. Then you can move on to use that on a bigger blanket or um, a larger project. Totally. And that's why I am obsessed with dishcloths because (laughs) they're such a great practice item. Plus they're useful. You know, I get to use Mm. them afterwards or I give them away as gifts or whatever, but you can totally practice a brand new stitch without worrying. Am I going to ruin something that's bigger that takes me longer? And nobody on. notices if you accidentally purled a knit stitch or knit, yes. knitted a purl stitch on your washcloth, right? Like <laughs> yeah, nobody's nobody. gonna like be, ooh, that's not perfect, right? It's a great, it's a even great practice item. <laughs> yeah, even if it's noticeable, it's still usable. Like you don't have to worry about it. And you don't that's have one to frog thing it. You, right, right. Unless you're like me, and then you go back and you do frog it, and you, <laughs> <laughs> you <make> it. <laughs> but that is something that you could just keep going and not worry about going back on and and stressing about making it perfect. And there are a lot of, um, there's a lot of other um, pattern designers who have made books like this. I know that um, Luma Hat has a dishcloth book that also is teaching a lot of different patterns. And um, Renee Van Hoy has um, some Mm -hmm. great dishcloth books, but I just find that is a really great way. And the great part that I think it is, is you can take any, any of these knit pearl combination patterns and then adapt them to basically any kind of product, um, project, a hat, a shawl, um, once you've learned how to do them. So I want to encourage people to get brave and, um, you know, learn how to do the pearl so that you can open up all of these different ideas of of projects. Um, I have loved looking at Laurie Shue's blankets that she's been making. Have you seen some of of her um, blankets? She um, um, has become a master at making blankets take a long time. They're big. And so they they do. (laughs) We don't generally have as many uh, people submit patterns for blankets, but she is our blanket master, I say. And she just did one that's a chain link. It looks like a chain link fence and it has different two different sizes of um of basically like diamonds and they're like two different mm-hmm. sizes of them to make this gorgeous blanket that she did on three of a, of Cindy Wood's large round afghans. She actually did it in three different gauges with three different sizes of yarn. Oh, that's um, amazing. I know. And it's so fun to see how the the pattern pops with different um, yarns and like she used charisma on one, but she used the Bernay blanket on another. And then she used red heart number four on the half inch. And so it, and it looks just slightly different, but they all just look fantastic. And, um, and the whole pattern is just knits and pearls. Yeah. Um, A lot of, a lot of things that you look at that are textured are just knit and pearl. And so you, they may look like they're intimidating. They may look amazing, which is great, but they're super, super simple. Once you've added that pearl, you know, ability to make the pearl, then you can make all of these incredible looking things. And, you know, a texture like that, she puts them on blankets, but you could, you know, put that texture into a hat or onto gloves or socks or a cowl 
or even is a small dishcloth square. You know, once you learn how to do the pearl, then you can start learning these textures and putting them on everything. Now, something that was exciting for me, and it actually was quite a while after I learned to pearl, that I learned to cable. But you have to know how to do knits and pearls in order to mm-hmm. cable because that's what creates the um, for the cable to stand out. But all the cable is, is taking having a pattern. So you can do a, a two knit and two purl or a three by two or it doesn't matter. But you have to have two knit stitches together and then your flat purls on either side um, right. in order to create it. And then you take your two knit stitches and you cross them. And you take it off of the one peg, cross it, and put the other back on the opposite two pegs. And then you start knitting and purling again, that same pattern. And it creates the the cable um, process, which is very elegant. And people are like, how do you do that? But it's actually pretty simple. But it's another step that you can do once you learn the purl stitch. Yes, exactly. And um, it's interesting because w- when you talk about the textures that you can create with pearls, a lot of times the pearl will create the, the stitching to be pulled inward so that, or, you know, to the back so that it creates like a flat area. And then when you make a knit stitch next to it, the knit stitch really pops out, which also adds that really cool texture. But one thing that does happen if you create a lot of pearl stitches with, e- you know, next to each other those stitches will pop out instead and the knit stitches will push back. So it's kind of interesting that once you learn how the pearl works with the knit stitches, you can start creating a lot of things. And once you learn how they kind of work together, then you can create cool little bumps and things like that by using, you know, either one of those, just depending on how many pearl stitches you have next to each other. And so it's it's really kind of cool the way that they work in knitting. And it's really fun to learn how they work as you're making things and see how they interact differently with different kinds of textures. So I think one of my favorite hat patterns that I love to use is a basket weave. And the basket weave is a, you take four, like you, my, the ones I usually do, I usually do it in a multiple of eight because I like to use the KK purple 48 peg loom. Um, And so, you know, I'll take my loom. That's a multiple of eight in order to do it. And it does, it's a four by four pattern. So you do four pegs that are knitted and the next four pegs are purled and you do that all the way around and you do that for four rows but then you swap and now I'm going to knit the first four and then purl like you just change direction so you create these little boxes basically so if I if I knitted four purled four for four rows then in the next four I would purl four knit four all the way around and swap that for four rows and then I would switch again and um and it's it's something that looks intricate and looks more difficult but is actually pretty simple and pretty fun to do and it's really really cute too (laughs) (laughs) my husband wears one of the hats that I um my my very first it's orange it's like hunter orange and um I made it like seven or eight years ago and it is so haggard this basket weave hat is so haggard and I'm like embarrassed by it now because it is just (laughs) 
so worn out and it's been washed probably 800 times. And he's still like, it's the, his go-to hat in his car, like on cold days, it's he always loved. puts it on and it's so loved, but he always says, he's like, he's like, you have to make me a new one then. But by the time I always make a new one, I always have someone else to give it to because yeah. it's like, oh, I, well, this one's for this person. This one. So eventually I have to make a new basket weave hat for my husband because his, <laughs> his orange one is definitely at the end of its lifespan, but he loves it. So that is a, that is a positive. And um, yeah, yeah and that's, that's good. a great point too, because that's a stitch that you can use for men and women. It's not, it's not necessarily too feminine looking. Mm-hmm. So it really is unisex. You can use it for kids. You can use it for adults. It, it really does span the gambit, so to speak. Like you can, you can, Put that on anything for anyone and they'll probably be pretty happy with it. And it's not a very like it makes a really cute beanie um, and it it doesn't contract too much. Like I feel like it creates a, a good size hat that f- that fits comfortably on that because um, usually on the I use Melissa Bize's unisex basket weave hat is the one that I used her pattern for that. And um, it it's nice because it has a nice ribbed brim on it. So it contracts right well to the head, but I made one for my husband who has a smaller head and I made one for my dad who has a bigger head and it still fit both of them, which was nice. And that's another great thing about the ribbing and what the knit and purl stitches do to each other is like, it really does give you a lot more stretch. So it will fit more heads. It doesn't have to be exactly perfect for everybody. It, it gives you more leeway. So you yeah. don't have to worry about it fitting someone. Yeah. Cause that's always hard when you've got put all the time and effort into making a hat and then like either it's too small or too big and you're like, well, darn yeah. it. Um, <laughs> I, I often am encouraging me. I'm like, I'm like, Oh, just do a rib stitch or um, you can. Another thing that sometimes people don't realize that um, when you're doing a, say you've learned your, your knit stitch, your e-wrap stitch, and you've learned your purl stitch if you add a unit or a true knit um, stitch, those are a little bit smaller generally than the E-wrap mm-hmm. because the E-wrap is actually a twisted stocking knit stitch. So it's the largest of the stitches. But if you um, do a unit, which is just barely half wrapping your peg and picking over between those pearls, it will make a smaller gap between them and you'll get an even tighter ribbing. So you might have an adult size hat loom like the purple 48 um peg from either Cindy Wood or KK. And that loom generally is for an adult hat. I have a smaller head. I have more like a teenager size head. It's only like 21 inches and it's a little bit small. So I will do, when I do a rib brim on that, I will always do a unit between my pearls to make it contract even more because I don't like it to be super loose on my head the way E-Wrap does. So it's so fun that that now I can make on the same loom a hat that fits me, a hat that fits my husband, and a hat that fits my dad all on the same loom. All on the same loom. Exactly. Just by mixing up the different kinds of <laughs> stitches. Yeah. That's just two basic knit stitches and a pearl. And you can do so many things with it. So we encourage you to get out there and either watch some videos or um, ask a friend who knows how to limit it. Say, show me the pearl stitch. Because I know that the first time I had to pearl, I, um, I my sister had to sit by me quite a few times for me to master it. I finally did. I did want to say my niece, she is right-handed and she pearls 
with her loom upside down, which is interesting. Like her loom, she turns it around and faces the pegs are like facing her. Um, yeah. and, and that's how she'll purl because it's easier for her. I'm left-handed. So, um, I tend to just purl and I, and I knit going counterclockwise. So, um, so it doesn't get in my way, but that is another trick. And there's a video of that on the Cindy Wood Looms YouTube that shows the way I purl and the way she purls. So there's different ways for everyone. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just like there are so many different ways that you can create a stitch. There are so many different ways that people hold their picks and hold their looms and none of them are wrong. Mm -hmm. If you end up with, if you end up with the right stitch, then you haven't done it wrong. It's just, it's interesting to see the different techniques. And once you kind of like, I've, I've made myself kind of learn how to knit over holding my pick in lots of different ways, Mm -hmm. just so that I, I have an idea of how it creates the stitch and the kind of tension that it puts on the yarn and, and all of those kinds of things. I am curious about that kind of stuff. So, (laughs) um, you know, find what works for you. And if one way doesn't work, there are a ton of different ways to do the same thing and um and don't give up right like don't don't give give up up. like keep keep at it um because because it really is probably I think one of the most important stitches um for anyone who's loom knitting to get comfortable with yes and if you find that you're getting frustrated or whatever just put it down pick up another project or or walk away from it for a little bit and it will eventually click in your brain and you will be able to, to make it work. The muscle memory will happen, but you just need to be patient with yourself when you're learning something new and it really does pay off. Yay. Thank you for (laughs) joining us today. As we talked about the magical and magnificent pearl stitch, it has been so much fun and we will talk to you soon. Happy looming. Happy looming. Bye.